Well, we'll get right into it. A brand new record coming out on June 12th. For, by the way, my birthday is June 12th, so I feel like everybody that's doing Record Store Day this year, I feel like they're doing it for me. So, they are. They are. I got the memo. I mean, come on now. Uh, and the movies. A collection of all his big soundtrack tunes that everyone knows and loves. And if, I want to talk about uh, The Great Adventure, too. Welcome to the show, Mr. Kenny Loggins. Oh, how you doing? Good. There he is. We're, we're, we're over here in Montreal, and, and we got to say, we, we love this stuff. And uh, Kenny... We've spoken before for the Win Davis shows, but uh, these soundtracks were, were the soundtracks of my life growing up. So thank you for that. But uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I want to talk about all the uh, at the movie stuff, whatever. But I was just listening to The Great Adventure on uh, Spotify. And it's so cool because, I mean, your work that you do for the kids channel in the San Diego zoo, you know, a lot of these artists, they can just collect the paycheck and sit at home. They're like, ah, we'll go out and play the hits, but you, you keep making great new tunes. And not only that, it, you're doing it for a cause and you're giving back. And it's, it's just so nice to see from a legend, you know? Oh, thanks. Talk it's, about that song a little bit. Cause uh, the great adventure, it sounds fresh. It sounds like, you know, hot AC radio, but it's still Kenny Loggins to me. It sounds, it sounds really good. It's not even possible what you're saying. <laughs> uh, and, it is. And I appreciate that. Um, I think that the, the part of the reason why I've evolved through the years is because I collaborate with great writers. And in the case of Great Adventure, I'm collaborating with uh, uh, a couple of uh, really great songwriters, uh, uh, Lisa Harriton and Josh um, Josh, uh, oh, my memory. Oh, help me. Somebody buy me a new memory. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're the co-writers. You're Kenny Josh, Loggins. Uh, they, wrote, no. they, wrote, uh, they wrote an Academy Award winning song, the uh, song from uh, the first Lego movie. Yeah. Everything is awesome. Like that one? Right, yeah. yeah. And when I heard them perform it live, I said, these guys are really good. I mean, they're really great writers. So we were, we were at a writer symposium in Hawaii and I decided to, you know, try and hook something up and write for something. And then when the San Diego Zoo project came along, I thought, well, this is the perfect thing to write, you know, because we're writing for children who are stuck in a hospital bed. They get up every morning and they and it's the same day as yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to give them something that would start this start the day, you know, on a positive, upbeat level. And uh, when we kicked it around, the, the zoo, the zoo people. <laughs> Good name for a band. Yes. Uh, <laughs> asked that I uh, write something that felt like um, uh, American authors. This is going to be the best day of oh, my, my life. life. Yes, totally. Yeah. So uh, that's where we came up with, uh, you know, welcome to the great adventure. Yeah. And, uh, when I got there, Josh already had a groove going and a bass line, and we just started singing at it. And that's what came forward. Yeah, it's it's a great song because they, as I'm picturing it, first of all, it sounds really commercial. So you could use that in anything where it's like this visit the San Diego Zoo this weekend, get two for one off family passes. Like, it's very, you know, it's got that kind of vibe. But you could also hear it like at a theme park, like going through like one of those like water rides or something. It, it, it's good. You have a yeah. vivid imagination. He really yeah, does. But you know what? That's the thing. When um, I was listening to it, I was picturing all these things. I'm like, oh, I could be on a, like a, on one of those float rides at an amusement park or, you know. Yeah. Well, your commercial visit oh, Jersey. I, I did. I felt really good about it. It was great to get back in the game. I'd been away from it for a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just just real quick, because the last time I, we spoke, you also do the. You know, you're bringing uh, music to kids. 
Uh, just talk to me about the charity work and the importance of giving back to the community, because you you very are, are involved in that. That is something that seems to be very important to what you do. Well, it is, and and it has a lot to do with um, creating inspiration inside myself. I mean, it's it's hard to just try to write a hit record now today. I mean, what the hell is that, and how do you do it? And and but I but I've become more and more aware, probably because of the quarantine time that uh, I need to try and stay creative. But what am I going to use to get that creativity going, you know, to really kick it in? And I found that when I have a cause like the, the kids in the children's hospitals and stuff like that, that gets a part of me going creatively that otherwise would just sort of hang around and eat ice cream. Right. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, it's, it's also self-serving in that I, I want to have things that inspire me to be creative. Self-serving, soft-serving. It all comes back to ice cream, Kenny. Ice cream. <laughs> That's not like a T-shirt you just invented. Yes. Uh, yeah, Jeremy's going to create a whole new product line for you. Um, let me get over to the at the movies and the soundtracks real quick. My perception growing up, especially in the 80s, uh, buying all the CDs and stuff, was that the soundtracks were the songs that weren't good enough for the albums, and they, 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 were, they were cast aside. And obviously, that's not true. So there's a there's a true art. And so how do you approach the art? Do you go watch the movie and then come up with with a song? Do they say, hey, we need a song that includes this character, that character, this word, that word, go right? What's your approach? No, not, not exactly. No, but okay. they you, you do get when I when I did Caddyshack, mm-hmm. um, I showed up. Uh, John, that was John Peters first solo uh, production. And he knew me from stars born when I was working with Barbara and he was with Barbara at the time. And so I got a message from him that he wanted me to come by and see a rough screening of the, or a screening of a rough cut of the movie. It didn't have an ending yet. You know, where Rodney goes, Hey, let's all go get laid. Yeah. And, and it, it didn't have the gopher in it, but it was pretty solid. And I laughed my ass off and I really wanted to be a part of that project. But the, to answer your question more directly. So, I'm watching the rough cut of the movie and it opens with this character, Danny, who's the hero, riding his bicycle through a suburban street, through a suburban neighborhood. And, and I thought, uh, oh, and the song behind him, what they call the, the, um, the, bed. Temp, track, the temp track, right? Hmm. Temporary track. The director put in a Bob Dylan song behind him. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Here's a kid riding a bicycle through a suburban neighborhood. But they're trying, the director's trying to tell me something about that character. And I figured out that, that he was portraying Danny as a rebel, even though he would not become one until the very end of the movie. Hmm. So for me, the expression of that was, I'm all right. Don't nobody worry about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Right. And I that idea and I ran with it in a very simple kind of way. Hmm. And, um, and that became the song that exemplified that character. Right. It's funny. I was just re-listening to Danger Zone and kind of reading up about it. And obviously, it was a it was a collaboration. But you know, when you go in to write a song like that, like, do you come in and like the temp track is already done with that DX7 bass that bow, 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 and like you come in and write lyric and melody or like how does yeah. that happen? No, no, that was the greatest song of all time, and it's just it's so good yeah. and it still sounds so fresh. Thank you. I wish I could take more credit for it. Uh, but Giorgio wrote most of that song. I wrote a little bit of lyric, a little bit of melody, changed some chords, 
Mm -hmm. uh, and then came in and sang it. But there were other people that were supposed to sing that song and the lawyers screwed up their deals. Really? Yeah. That was kind of an urban legend now. Uh, some. <laughs> so, say, so why did your lawyers screw up their deals for you? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great strategy. You know no, who yeah. those voices were supposed to be? Like, hey, Brian Adams was supposed to come in and do it yeah. or, you know. Uh, uh, Judas, Judas Priest was supposed to do the... Um, right. Uh, the, the, the top gun soundtrack yeah really yeah um that uh toto was one of them jefferson starship mickey thomas was one of them wow. um also uh um kevin um cronin oh yeah uh, none of those deals thank god came through can and i be I honest was... though like you just named all those people and none of them would have sounded as good as you singing that song like there's just something about your voice singing danger like the whole thing it yeah, it wouldn't have worked out. Is it just? I just picture you in the studio, like belting, "Ah, way to you know." It, yep. I mean, you I mean right. listen, Rob Halford is a great singer. Kevin Cronin, great singer. They can't sing "Danger Zone" like Kenny Loggins. I'm sorry. I had it. I had. It, I talked to Kevin about it. He said I could never hit those high notes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I barely did. I actually that 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 character that I was singing in was. I, I was into Tina Turner really a lot at that time in her, her comeback era. Oh yeah. And, um, and so I kind of, that danger zone was me doing Tina. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. It's, it's, if anyone ever says that Kenny Loggins did Tina Turner. Well, it's funny you say that because I'm well, thinking of it, like, uh, the, the Tina song, steamy was steamy window. Like it's, yeah. it's got that kind it of, does. Let me ask you, you're known as the king of the soundtrack. Is that something that you take as a compliment or is it like, hey, but wait a minute. I did Loggins and Messina. I did. I'm not just a soundtrack. Like, is it a is it a backward, con you know, or is it yeah. a compliment? How do you take it? At first, it bothered me a little bit, just exactly the way you said it. But but then I realized, no, it's a good thing, because those who have recently come into my career or become aware of my music, uh, they're gonna they're gonna see me as that guy. It's like you know an actor who suddenly has a hit TV show, and from then on he's Marshall Dillon. You know, can't get any other work. Um, there's a something to be said about having that moniker. Although I could say and have thought that uh, there were others who actually had like had more movie hits than me. Uh, um, what's your name? Uh, uh, I don't think more hits than Kenny Loggins on soundtracks. You know, I think the difference is I, I wrote them. Yeah, but I'm trying to, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, to anyway, uh, let me let me ask you this for the at the movies. Uh, you've got the Caddyshack and, and the uh, Top Gun. How difficult was it to get the rights? Because usually, you know, you look at a greatest hits package or a box set and they don't have the soundtrack songs. And they go, well, illegal. It was too difficult. And you got them all. How did you manage to do that? I mean, did they um, just go, here you go? No, I, I guess I should call my lawyer and ask him. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, we just asked for them and we got a yes out of it. But that's, wow. you know, uh, in the old days when I made my studio albums, Footloose was not allowed to be on my studio album. Danger Zone was not on my studio album. Right. Um, it was frustrating to, to do those gigs. And I think maybe that's part of why the lawyers would kill the deal. Um, but I knew that those were good things for me to have and just to keep going. And someday I might have it on my own record. And here we are. And here we are. So with this, is this going to be the first official Kenny Loggins release with these songs? On? Yeah. Yes. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. And unfortunately, no one's buying albums. So here we are at Record Store Day on your birthday. Yes. I'll well, be- I- I, I want this on CD, so we're going to have to work. I'm going to have to talk to the lawyers about getting this on CD. Yeah. Uh, you still um, have a CD player. Huh? I, I, oh, I yeah. do. I'm old. I like my CD. I like physical. As I tell Jeremy all the time, you can't get an artist to sign an MP3. If I ever meet you, you can't sign my, my iPhone. I need I something. Have, I have a digital signature I can send you. <laughs> Like Jimmy Page, he went to his, he was doing his book signings. He had a stamp signing his autograph. People were like, what is this? They felt gypped. Like I would have felt no. gypped. <laughs> I, would have, I would have taken it. Now, in terms of uh, Footloose, that movie at the time, I mean, it, you know, if you look at it, sort you know, if you deconstruct it, it's 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 kind of a fluffy uh, script and it's kind of you know fluffy acting, and yet it worked and people loved it. When you submitted those songs, did, did you have any idea that this is just going to blow up? And here we are, what is it, almost 40 years later? Yeah. And we're no, still talking about it. There was no way of knowing. And and I wrote those songs with Dean Pitchford, who was the screenwriter. And he didn't have a clue. You know, we didn't expect the thing to be the biggest movie of the summer. And, and of course, we're still seeing Kevin Bacon everywhere. Yeah. Somebody said to me, with a name like Bacon, who can not like that? And, uh, and, and kosher. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it definitely, we, we didn't see, I didn't see any of it coming really. And the fact that all those movies are still heavily rented. Yeah. Top Gun and, and, and even um, Caddyshack, you know, it's like. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Let me, let me look at the business. And so, you, so you're right, you know, Footloose and it takes off and you do Danger Zone and it takes off. Does that help your career where people come to you and say, we want to work with you? Or does it hurt your career? And people say, eh, he's the soundtrack guy. Eh. No, uh, it mostly helps your career, but it's okay. more like um, selling tickets for shows. When people love the music they're hearing, they want to go see it happen. And it also gave me a lot of up-tempo material for my show, which I needed desperately. Right. So the inspiration to write those songs really turned out to be a, a godsend to my show. Mm. I can imagine. Yeah, I mean that's that's some, some great stuff right there. Um, I do want to ask you just because I'm I'm from the sort of hair metal uh, genre. Uh, Poison covered "Your Mama Don't Dance," and, and we we've, we've spoken about this before. Um, were you aware that they had covered it back then? And and does that help? You know, all of a sudden they're selling millions of records. Did that help again with your career? Does it help to have a band like Poison cover your song? I think it, it helps when it comes to paying for my kids' tuitions, um, but uh, I don't think it directly affects my career. Um, and I didn't re- even know that it had happened. Um, my, one of my kids told me about it. And was like, yeah, this is really great. And there's like a punk version of Danny's song that my same son, Cody, told me about that he liked. <laughs> and I, I was like, I'm, I don't get it, but sure. One of my favorite songs off the uh, the Top Gun soundtrack is playing with the boys. Yeah. Uh, I have a new version of that. Have you heard it yet? No, I haven't. Do you know the artist Butterfly Boucher? No. Nope. Australian Australian sort of rock punk uh, writer singer. She plays all the instruments. She's incredibly educated and bright. Nice. And a great singer, but she chooses punk as her genre. Mm. And she plays mostly bass. Uh-huh. Um and does she um, play low with a pick probably <laughs> <laughs> and um but i ran into her 
and one day uh, at a at that songwriters thing I was mentioning, mm-hmm. and um, and I said, you know, I have to do. I want to do a remake of playing with the boys to potentially get it in the new movie. But I know now that there's in the new version of Top Gun, there are female pilots and male pilots. So I think there should be a boy girl duet. And let's rewrite the song together. How would you rearrange this song if you were doing it with your band? And uh, so uh, she came up with a pretty vibey groove and approach to it, added a couple new chords to it. And we wrote a new verse to it for a duet oh. verse. And, uh, and that's on the Ghost of the Movies, uh, uh, the new vinyl that's coming out. And when, awesome. when, when that vinyl runs its course, then we'll release it digitally. Awesome. Oh, that's really cool. Now, yeah. you said she's very punky, so she's definitely not going to be sticking to the original arrangement with the, the cannonball snares and all that awesome 80s-ness. <laughs> yeah, rather, it's, it's, it's a different vibe. Yeah, yeah. we uh, recorded live drums. She likes live instruments. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's really gifted, really great singer, writer. So it'll be interesting. She's working on her new solo album now. So I'm li- really looking forward to hearing what she comes up with. I love that song, Playing With The Boys, because it's one of the most pleasurable sounding songs I've ever heard, like from a production mm-hmm. standpoint. Like you listen to it, the drums and the guitars and like this, like everything. It's, it, it almost sounds like something Mutt Lang would have done, like uh, off Hysteria or something. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. Kinda... Um, I worked with uh, uh, the um, Austrian producer, Peter Wolf, mm-hmm. and um, we, we actually went to that screening together. There was a about a theater that holds maybe 200 people for that particular movie, Top Gun, the first one. And, and we're sitting there watching all these scenes and the open, there's like a dozen different rock acts in the room with us. Uh, what you call a cattle call, right? Right. And we're, we're watching the opening of the movie and we both go, everybody's going to write for that. And then the volleyball scene came on and I said, nobody's going to write for that. So we, we decided to write for the volleyball scene and that was a slam dunk. Yeah. And actually, while I was in the studio recording, playing with the boys, that I got a call from Giorgio's office to come in tomorrow and sing Danger Zone. Wow. Yeah. Damn, that's, that's cool that that's the way that panned out like that. Yeah. It's... it's <laughs> It's luck has a lot to do with this business. Yeah, really you're writing a song like that and going to work with a producer. Do you have any say in how the arrangement's going to go for the song or the production, the drum, like the drum sound or? Oh, yeah. No, we we worked on every bit of it together. But the beauty of that sound is it's a synclavier. Mm. It's one of the early digital, you know, keyboards. And it had a way of, of processing the sounds and the math that was really it, everything came out beautiful you could really hear synclavier drums different from all the other drums and right. um and he's a brilliant arranger so we we had a ball putting that together it's interesting you talk about the synclavier because of you know you listen to that and you look at modern drum technology where you got the midi and you got and pro tools and logic and stuff to to go back and talk about that old school technology i i still don't think anything sounds as good as that it's it's a sound for the era though it really defines the 80s mm-hmm. and those sounds are not necessarily always cool well so, you say one, that one but things, you listen to pop radio today and the weekend and dually like everybody's using those 80s drums again 80s are right. back 
Right. But they haven't made it back to Sinclair as far as I know. Uh, <laughs> and, and that, there's a beauty to that, that it, it's maybe too polished for this era. It's mm. too perfect. I know uh, like when I was working with Butterfly, she likes stuff stripped way down. Mm -hmm. And I, I can tell you're a musician and guitar players love to play in fifths. Right? We don't want to play any thirds. So I, I don't want to get too technical for you, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch is sitting here. He's like, oh, I, I'm no, going, wait, why? You, be, you get as technical as you want, Kenny. <laughs> but, I'm just listening uh, to the... Uh, so in our hairband days... I'm just having a, I'm just having a danger zone play in my head while you talk. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> just as long as it's only for this interview. Yeah. And so, but anyway... You might know, last. Might last the night. Metal guitar, rock guitar is traditionally yeah. ones and fives. When I worked with Butterfly, she only wanted the roots. Mm. Only wanted one note at a time. And, and it makes a huge difference. It creates so much more air in the track and so space. And, and it's just about the groove then. It's not about the production. But Kenny, you, you did just say she's a punk rocker. They all only know three chords. <laughs> not her. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me just quickly ask here, because we're, we're talking about these songs that you've done for the movies. And, you know, Caddyshack was definitely teen audience and above. Footloose was, you know, the romantic 20s. You know, it, it was for an older audience. You've recorded a lot of children's music since then. Um, talk to me about that sort of change of focus and why you wanted to make kids' albums and not sort of continue in, you know, adult-oriented rock or or mature. And just talk to me about that about that change. And well, you know, the when I when I made the first children's album, which was Return to Pooh Corner, mm -hmm. um, that was not instead of continuing with my normal adult rock career. Correct. But I was about to have another kid. I was about to have my fourth child. And, um, and I knew that I was going to be subject to Barney for three or four more years. And I thought, why doesn't somebody make a children's record that the parents can love as much as the children? And then I realized I'd better stop waiting for somebody to do that and just jump in and do it myself. Cause I'd put three kids to bed at night already. I had a repertoire of bedtime songs and, and one of them, for example, and not traditional bedtime songs. One of them was love by John Lennon. Love is real, real is love. And I would sing that every night to my daughter. And I thought, these are great songs written by artists either for their children or just coincidentally like the John Lennon song that are worth recording. And, and when you put them all together, it's really, I, it's really a parent's record that the kids can dig to. And a lot of the music like Beauty and the Beast, those are great songs mm -hmm. that, you know, can be treated with production values that are appropriate for that genre. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that one hit, that sucker did over a million. And, and but they're fun, I, they're just fun albums. Yeah. yeah, it's fun to do. I did an up-tempo one for Disney Mm -hmm. because he's, the president of the company said, I raised my daughter to your lullaby record. Now I'd love for you to do an up-tempo one. So I had all that cachet of music to pick from. That's cool. Uh, and I picked songs that I thought would play for children. Like I, I just showed my girlfriend, uh, I'll Join In, which is an old traffic song. Yeah. Here's a little song you can all join in with. It's a Dave Mason song. And I found a ton of really cool songs that were up-tempo songs. And then I just rearranged them in whatever way I wanted to. And, and that record didn't come out for Disney because he got fired and everyone on that floor got fired. Oh. And the new people brought in their projects. And so this sucker was orphaned for about six years in the vault. 
until the new president of the company came in. And I guess he was a fan or something because he gave me the record back. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so I'll be coming with that record uh, probably on my own label. Mm. Um, Oh, wow. Oh, so it's still not released. Okay. Still not released. And it's been... Six years, you said. So how how frustrating is that to make music and spend all that time in the studio and then somebody just goes on the shelf it's happened to me before oh. my follow my follow-up to return to Pooh corner which i called more songs from Pooh corner right uh got shelved when nickelodeon bought sony wonder i had just turned my record in it was maybe a month into the having the record and i found out nothing's being done because we now have a whole new fifth floor oh, all the Previous people who were running Sony Wonder. I, years later, I talked to Becky Mancuso, who was the president of the company when I turned the record in. And I said, why didn't you tell me that you were about to be fired? And <laughs> I, I couldn't you know? tell you. I was not allowed to tell you. Uh, and, uh, wow. Well, if Jeremy and I were in charge, these records would come out priority. They, yes, they would. Yeah. But I, I know the world would be a different place. By the way, Kenny, you were talking about songs that you would sing to your kids as they were going to bed. Would you ever sleep, change it to like "Highway to the Sleepy Zone" or something like? We did a Christmas version called "The Manger Zone." Oh, which, really? Which I thought was fun. <laughs> it's probably still on YouTube. I'm gonna have I'm gonna to go check that out. That yeah. is amazing. Wow. Well, at the movies, Kenny Loggins available for Record Store Day 2021. It's available on June 12th exclusively at your local record shop. You're not going to be able to purchase digitally or anywhere. You have to go stand in line. Okay, you're gonna have to get there early. Buy it on vinyl. <laughs> yep, old school way, you know. And, it's going to uh, expect the line to be all that long. Know. You know what? There's a lot of great stuff coming out this year, and that's the thing. It's it's for vinyl collectors like me. I love I love vinyl. Um, I go every year and I get as what I can. But a lot of the times, your record shop may not have the stock. You might have the, the one on the other side of town might have it. By the time you get there, it's already sold out. So I, I'm telling you, I'm a CD guy, and I'm jealous because I want this. On CD, I actually tried to buy it through Amazon, and it's, it's not there. So, no, I'll no. have to wait, but hopefully, it's an exclusive. Yes, I know. for the vinyl community. Okay, we've been neglected for how many years, Mitch? It's time. It's time well, we now the CD record. community is being neglected. No, but I, but it's, it's a great package, and I'm glad it's coming out because uh, these yeah. songs I have them all in one place, and uh, yeah. So, what's next for you, Kenny? I mean, you've got this in the, uh, you know, at the movies coming out. You you have this record on the shelf for the last six years. You said that might be the next thing. But what's the next thing for Kenny Loggins? What are you working on now? Right now, I'm spending a couple hours a day working on a memoirs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll cover, you know, the whole thing, actually, from my mom and dad on up. And, um, and that's really been fun to do. It's been fun to try and recall the, especially the funny stories from the old days. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as I write them down, I realize a lot of crazy shit has happened to me over these years. And <laughs> it's kind of fun to look back on it and, you know, and enjoy the absurdity of it all. Yeah. This is going to be the tell on that. And, and we're going to make a documentary. I, I met a producer who wants to put that together. Wow. And um, so there's, there's those things. And then on the pure creative level, there's the potential for a TV show, a cartoon show that I want to extend the idea of great adventure and write with, with um, Josh and Lisa again, oh, wow. maybe a dozen more songs to be a different song each show. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. And you mentioned Top Gun too. So you're writing for that soundtrack as well. I have, I have, I gave it a try. I don't think playing with the boys 
to my knowledge, I don't think playing with the boys is in. I'm not even sure danger zone is in. I haven't got a straight ahead green light. I think there's a lot of chefs in that kitchen. Right. Mm. Well, it's, it's, it's a, it's a new world, right? I mean, even a song now has 10 songwriters. So there's a lot of people in different kitchens these days. Yeah. They, they have to keep second guessing each other. Mm -hmm. Well, again, if Jeremy and I were in charge, you'd have the entire soundtrack to yourself, but Hey, I'm going to work on that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to help you guys out. Yes, absolutely. We'll write a song together. It'll be a massive hit. And and then Mitch will just sit there and be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to listen. I I don't like writing. (laughs) I'm a listener. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a devoted listener. And I will, I will end on, on this. I just wanted to say thank you because I grew up in the eighties. And so Footloose and Top, I mean that, you know, that along with the, the Rocky movies and the Schwartz and I mean, that was, that was the culture. That was the it thing. And you were a great part of that. So thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, at the movies, Kenny Log is available June 12th, the record store day. Make sure you go out and get it. This was an absolute pleasure, Kenny. It was so great to meet you. You're an absolute legend. And this was awesome. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your help.